You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's The Fosters After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Fosters After Show. Jeff, give me something. Give me oh, something. I got nothing. Okay. Oh. <laughs> well, Bing is for doing, and we have the honor of being back here yet once again to do the Fosters After Show. We're doing Season 1, Episode 3, Hostile Acts. And I think there was a lot of hostility going on, but we'll talk about all of it. My name is Tara Johnson, and I'm here today with two fantastic hosts. So they are... I am Jeff Masters. And I'm Jillian Leff. And who in this room loves Brandon Foster's on the on the Fosters? Raise your hand. I mean, I do. I absolutely love him. So today we have the honor. David Lambert is in the house. Brandon Foster himself. What's up, David? I'm very good. Thank you for having me, guys. Well, we are happy that you are here. <laughs> so we started right at the top. With the episode today, um, David, we saw some hostility from Brandon that we normally don't see. Yeah, yeah, some some acts of hostility. A little right? bit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's. I guess it's a, it's a big episode for Brandon, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I. You know, we have described his char- your character as, you know, the solid person, the rock, the stable one. Yeah. Um, not so much today. No, yeah, he's definitely caught um, a little off guard and finds himself not exactly knowing what to do. Um, in his situation. Yeah. I, have, I have to ask, we've had several guests, but you are the closest in age to the kids that are portrayed in the show. Right. How closely do you think your character and the things your character is going through tracks what a 16-year-old is going through today? I mean, I think, I, think it's, I think it does a really good job. I think the show overall does a really good job of um, making it really relatable. And, and we don't need a lot of you know, special effects to, to have a really captivating show you know, it could just be a really interesting family and all the day-to-day things that they have to deal with, you know, just naturally, um, that makes the show really interesting. So, you know, for me to be able to be a part of that is is amazing, you know. Um, Brandon, yeah, he's definitely the rock. And uh, it's always fun to see those characters sort of not know what to do because they, you know, they sort of set the standard that they always know what to do next, Um so yeah, he, he's he's a really interesting character for sure. And I think in the first episode, you gave the line that we all s- spoke about, saying, "Well, there's enough love for everyone." Right. But in this mm-hmm. episode, you were like, "No, there's not enough room for me because the shower is cold. I've been waiting <laughs> for everybody." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, you know, the house is getting a little crowded, um, which you know makes perfect sense. I mean, it was it was already sort of a full house to begin with, I guess. But you know, I think. <clears throat> You know, you mentioned sort of regular things for a 16-year-old. Um, Brandon is very used to not being the regular 16-year-old, I feel like, because of his situation at home. Um, he's sort of very easily developed a callus for 
um, you know, people either thinking the situation is very unique, which it is, but, you know, also I think the show um, explains very well that even if it's same-sex, you know, a couple raising kids, some of the kids are adopted, some of the kids aren't, um, everyone goes through the same things at home. And that's what that's what the show sort of is at the end of the day. It's just, it's you know, you're just seeing this family deal with very normal problems. But it is still very interesting. You know, um, but for your character, it's a little bit different um, because I know I think sort of, you know, you're a little bit of the man of the house. You know, when uh, when Callie is introduced, your moms ask you to make sure you look out for her and watch after her. And that's sort of, you know, a fatherly role and some responsibility that maybe, you know, you necessarily wouldn't have if there was a dad in the picture. So, you know, how do you how do you sort of. Uh, act that you know do you do you pull from anything personally or um yeah you know I, I'm actually the oldest in my family um so you know that's I feel like me and Brandon have a lot in common but that's one thing that I can definitely relate with with him um you know he sort of in a lot of ways is the magnified version of me which is an interesting thing to sort of play he makes it makes for a very special character he, he's becoming a very special character to me just because um I don't have to do as much character research into something, you know, specific. I don't have to, you know, uh, go to great depths within myself to sort of find this character because he, he is sort of an extension of myself in, in a more um, peculiar situation than, than myself. But, yeah, I'm the oldest in my family. I, I happen to play piano as well. I'm not as good as, as Brandon, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say. He's more classically trained and he's more precise um i'm a little more you know clumsy and kind of i just feel it out as i go i suppose but uh yeah you know he's he he does take a lot upon himself i feel like you know and that's that's something that he doesn't necessarily have to do but you know it's something that makes him him is the fact that he feels very protective of his family of his mother's you know and he does want a relationship with his dad you know, and that's that's what that is actually what causes the problem because then he has sort of this juggling act that he has to sort of do constantly, where he has to balance, you know, his mom's and his family and the household and keeping that in check, but also with his dad sort of and now you know especially kind of making his way back into the picture, it poses problems for Brandon. And he doesn't necessarily know what to do all the time. You know, even even though he prides himself on on being pretty on top of things, you know, overall. Well, let's ask the question. Was it wrong for Mike to ask Brandon, you know, why don't you come live with me without talking to, you know, the moms? But was he wrong to ask the question of a 16-year-old son? I mean, it's, it's an interesting question. You know, it's I think it's, it's one of those things where I don't think he was wrong. Um, I don't think he was necessarily wrong. Um, should should he have run it past them? Yeah, maybe, but he didn't necessarily necessarily have to, you know, because he is my dad in the end. But that's that's the thing; it's an interesting relationship because there are really three parents involved. Steph said it in the second episode, and, and I think it's it's a very true statement. You know, he is raised by three parents, and that kind of provides a different set of rules almost in terms of how to approach things. I think that's why that scene was so interesting because. 
like we know where he was coming from. He has like every right to ask that and to want that. Yeah. And yet, like it is causing drama. You yeah. know. You know, I have to agree with you. I think that he was a little bit wrong and a little bit right. And especially, you know, we had Danny Nucci, aka Mike, aka your dad, yeah. Uh, yeah. on the show last week, and um, I think it gave us a really good idea of who Mike is as a character and and how much is going to be revealed in the coming shows and sort of the dynamic between him, Lena, Steph, and you, and I just, you know, he is your dad, but it's a, it's a three-way thing, you know, you have to run it by everybody, and to sort of put those ideas in your head is also extremely confusing to a 16-year-old to yeah. have to make a choice like that. Definitely. Yeah, I thought it was heavy to, and I thought it was great that the mom said, well, it's your decision, but for a 16-year-old, it was almost as if you put a, you know, ton boulder on the kid's shoulders and now they're trying to carry that around and try to figure out what to do to balance everyone to make everyone happy. It just seemed like a really heavy thing for a 16 year old to decide that and it had so many different consequences to so many different people and we were saying among ourselves that the reaction from everyone in the family Mm -hmm. we thought was interesting also Callie's reaction was very different from Jesus' reaction and that showed different perspectives in everyone's family. I was... Somewhat surprised, uh, definitely about Callie's, but yeah. we think that's for different reasons. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how Jesus came and talked about it, too. Was anybody else shocked or the reaction of, you know, when everyone came to Brandon to say, get, give their piece and give their opinion of, should you stay or should you go? No, I think that's what I like most about the show, is that everybody is just very, like, open. They don't, they're not passive-aggressive. Like, if they have a problem, they say it. You know, your dad asked you to move in with you, and you didn't just, like, bottle up and, like tweet about it. You said, like, hey, mom, this is what's going on. And, um, yeah, I think it's, like, nice to see people talking about issues instead of, I feel like other shows I see that annoy me so much. I'm like, if you just go to your mom and you talk to her about the issue, talk it out. However... If we're going to bring up somebody that's passive-aggressive, oh. we have to bring up Miss Talia. Oh, oh God. Because oh. she has become the supervillain in The Fosters, or at least at our table. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she has really... Uh, she really has some tood. And uh, a lot of things happened with her in this episode. The weird dynamic between Callie and her, and, you know, that was sort of building, and I think that it's definitely going to explode maybe in the next episode. Right. But... As far as that, you know, she is extremely passive-aggressive and clearly wanted Brandon to live with his father. No questions. But strictly just to benefit her and to separate him from Callie. Absolutely. Not concerned, not being concerned about anyone else in the family, how his moms would feel, his other brothers no. and sisters. It was just so I can get my man away from Callie and have him to myself. Mm-hmm. And it kind of shows, shows how selfish she is. We are not fans, I just have to say. <laughs> we are trying to like, but it's just... Of the character, not the okay, actress. That's right. <laughs> sure, you're lovely. Yeah, and we invite you. Yeah, yeah, and Madison, you can yeah. come to Apple Buzz anytime, but your character... <laughs> She's great. And that last scene, though, when she like throws out, how about Liam? Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot wait to find out who Liam is. I know. Liam, yeah. No, that's some interesting stuff. That's, yeah. uh, you know, there's, and, and that's the great thing about the writing. You know, it's so, it is layered. It really is. Um, there's a lot of things to be explained. I'll say that, you know, especially with, with Callie and, um, and, and, and more characters too, not just Callie. You know, obviously Callie has the ominous sort of, you know, you don't know exactly where she comes from or what has happened in her past. Um, so some light will be shed there. But uh, you do learn more about Mike, and um, that relationship with, with Brandon and Mike is one of my favorite things 
that I get to be a part of um, just because it's so um, up and down. It really is a roller coaster. You know, they're, 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 they love each other. They're, they're definitely father and son, and, you know, they have that. But, but at the same time, they're very dysfunctional in a lot of ways um, in terms of communication, um, in terms of patience with each other. And rarely are they on the same page, actually. You know, usually it's Mike trying to, to make himself the best dad he can. And then it's Brandon, you know, feeling some sort of guilt or feeling some sort of, you know, thought in the back of his head that's not allowing him to fully enjoy his dad. There's always some sort of uh, tension there for one reason or another, which makes it really interesting um, for me. And, you know, Brandon, a lot of a lot of his struggle comes from, you know, his parents again. So obviously, you know, for me, I love working with Terry Polo and, and Sherry Som. Um who plays Stefan Lina, and then Danny Nucci is amazing. So for me to constantly be working with them is is a really exciting thing. Um, I think one of my favorite things about Terry Polo is just, like, the writing. Like, you just see that she's a great mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Well, actually, I have a a fan question on Twitter, if you'd be willing to answer it. It is from at Foster's Fan Club, the Foster's Fan Club. Um, and they asked, is having seasoned actors around, such as Terry Polo, helpful for improving your own techniques? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, and that's one of the interesting things, because the show is so grounded in, in just people, and, and we're, making, we're trying to make it as realistic as possible. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, care that goes into the performances and, you know, how these conversations would go. You know, uh, the writers are really good at being open to, you know, minor changes in, in dialogue. If we feel like, you know, on the day it, it becomes more comfortable, it becomes its own thing, which usually does. And what's so great about Terry is, um, and, and a lot of them, they all have their own unique thing that they bring. But Terry has a distinct way of bringing out a lot in me. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when the camera's not on her, she'll just go off on a rant and, you know depending on what the scene is but if it's a, if it's like a fight like what we've seen in episode three um you know she'll she'll be yelling off a camera just at me getting all <laughs> these fresh things for me that weren't necessarily the scene and it's an amazing thing to see it's such a you know i'm so grateful for that because she does not have to do that at all and she chooses to because i think she enjoys it as much as i do and we just have that a really good um relationship really good chemistry and a process, you know, we're really developing a process to get these scenes to where we feel like they should be. Are they like your mom's, you know, away from home type of thing? Where you yeah, to- <laughs> I mean, it's definitely becoming that on set. It's like such a thing, like, I don't know, you know, we're, we're, we're further along now in, into season one, which is also really surreal in its own right. But, you know, we've, we have such a routine now, a set routine. I, I look at, like, the call sheet and I see, I'm like, okay, I got a scene with Maya coming up, Sherry, Terry... Danny, okay. And all of those are very different experiences. You know, those are all very different types of actors. Neither one is better than the next, but it just makes for um, different games that we have to play with each other, you know, to get those scenes um, right. And it's an amazing thing. As an actor, I'm growing so much. It's, it's one of those things that I realize as it's happening. I mean, speaking of having a scene with someone, the scene that you had at the end of the episode with you and Dane Nucci, who plays your father, Mike, when you're telling him, I can't come move in with you. And it's just this kind of look that you give him and he, you don't have to say anything else. And he hugs you and then he, you see the piano and it's just, 
it, what did you like? How did you get through that scene? <laughs> that was a rough one. You know, I mean, it's it's really there's no easy way around it. It's it's a lot of. Um, I mean, I think for that one, I, I kind of just stopped talking. I, I, I got really antisocial and and went off on my own for a while, and then just came back and then did the scene. And um, me and Danny were there for each other for that whole thing. You know, the two hours or so that it took to do, and. That's. I think that's what you feel on this set. It's just that mutual respect for everyone, cast and crew. Everyone um, works hard to pull the best out of each other, and and even when the camera's not on you, you know, I'm still going 100 percent because it. I'm, I'm required to. It, it has to happen. I believe for the scene to be, um, you know, where it should be or where it could be, you know. And I, I think that all, we as a cast just want the best. You know, we want to produce a really good quality show. You know, and ABC Family's made this um, a good opportunity and a really good vehicle to do so. So we're just taking advantage, I suppose. <laughs> I know. You do know. you read these scripts and go, what did you come up with? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing writing. It, I mean, we, we tell them... Every day, I feel like, you know, every time there's a new table read, everyone kind of, after we, we turn the last page, we're all like, okay, that's another week, okay, here we go. And then it's just, and then it's Monday, and you have to do it. You don't have any time to really think, sit down and think about it. You just, here's the scene, this is what we're doing today, you know, and you just take it as it comes, you know. There's really, I don't think there's any other way to do it. Well, I think that's how we feel when we watch the episode, because we just can't believe what's happening yeah. every time we see another show. Yeah. And so we talked about, for in this episode, there were a couple of big secrets revealed yeah. mm-hmm. that we didn't know before. Well, we knew, but maybe someone else didn't know. So it was interesting that Mariana said to Cal- Callie, told her what really happened with the pills and talking to your, her mom and the relationship between the two of them I think it's really hot and cold like I think it's starting to go positively they're going to be almost like sister figures and then it just takes this real hard left like I don't know what's going on yeah. <laughs> they're going to scratch each other's eyes out how do they relate on the set the two actresses uh, Maya and Sierra uh, Maya Mitchell who plays uh, Callie and Sierra Ramirez who plays Ariana they're great I mean everyone's so great though it's the thing like the whole cast um, I remember when we were doing the pilot, like, way back, you know, a couple months ago now, people were saying, this feels like episode four of a show. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a pilot. Mm-hmm. You, know, you are feels... not the first person to yeah. say that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a thing. Like, people do say it. And it's, it's an interesting thing to hear. But it's true, because, like, once we were on episode, once we were on actually episode four, it felt like we were on episode eight or something, you know, because just the chemistry and the relationships that we'd form. Um, Maya um, and Sierra get along fine. They're they're perfect. I mean, everyone is so fun on set. Everyone has a good time. You know, we're playing music in the makeup trailers. <laughs> we're, you know, having a lot of fun because usually we have to do, you know, some heavy stuff here and there. So we kind of try to keep it light for each other so we don't go too crazy, you know, with all the with all the stuff we have to handle. But Another cool thing is the show, the way it ended up going. You know, the pilot and, and even episode two, everyone's sort of still in the same place. But starting with episode three and moving on, everyone kind of does their own thing and, and goes, you know, we're seeing that. We're seeing the beginnings of that. But it really starts to develop and, and um, 
branch out for everyone. You know, Jesus is doing his thing um, with Lexi, and then there's Mariana, and that stuff sort of intertwines. And then we have, like, Steph and Lena, and then we have Brandon and Callie, and that stuff sort of intertwines. But it's all this big old, you know, family tree, I guess, you know, in a sense. Let's go back to um, Jesus and Lexi. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, So Jesus makes moves on Lexi in last week's episode. It's great. We're all cheering for him. Super happy. He's playing the game. She's playing the game. This episode, uh, he decides to meet up with her, but he talks to Mariana before, and she sort of knows what's going on because a woman's intuition never lies, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. This is true. Um, So he pulls the great brother card again and ditches Lexi because of Mariana. So I kind of want to know, if you were in that situation, would you ditch the girl for your sister or your brother? See, I don't, under, I don't understand why he ditched her. I mean, I love my siblings, but, I mean, I wouldn't let my siblings get in, in the way of my love either. I mean, teenage love is a special thing. It just happens. You can't control it. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I understand it could be an issue and maybe a conversation. I mean, who knows? Maybe she'd steal something of his out of his room. You know how brother and sisters, they get down. But I don't know why it had to stop him in his tracks at the beach and he had to make a, a 180. I don't understand it. I think that's just where, like, their great uh, history comes through. Like, they went through, like, the foster system together. That's all they had was each other. And so, like, they're still, like, sticking up for each other. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, I think that's right. I think they're, they have this connection and Jesus, you know, will put her first. In, in that sense, he's actually kind of like Brandon, where he puts other people in front of himself, especially Mariana. Mm-hmm. If, you know, yeah, if not anyone else, it'd be her. Um, and you do see that. That's sort of a quality of Jesus. He can't stand seeing her upset or, or hurt or something. He'd much rather feel it himself. And I feel like just because it is, like, a show and they have to make it dramatic, like, you can only, like, keep somebody's, like, secrets and covering it for them so much for, like, it breaks, yeah. so... Yeah. I mean, look it's what like happened. See when it happens. Look what happened yeah. at the end. He's making out with Lexi in the bathroom. In, in the go. bathroom. In the like, bathroom. come on. <laughs> romance. High school romance. There's yes. nothing better than that. I mean, come on. The high school bathroom? I mean, we've all done that, right? <laughs> no exaggeration. That is exactly what Terrace and we were watching. Oh, the show. exactly. <laughs> I did that today. I mean, like, see? Exactly. Mom, don't watch. <laughs> but, but I also have to say that thus far, and I don't know if this will change, and you can tell us, David, I've seen Jesus be selfless toward Mariana but I haven't really seen her make those kind of jumps to come to his defense and sooner or later I think that kind of thing is going to crack and maybe it's cracking already when Jesus found out that she was still talking to their mom right so I'm like you you can't continue to take the bullets for someone so long without feeling they at least have your back especially someone you love so much exactly yeah no definitely I think I, I think um the Fosters does a really good job of uh, everyone everyone's gonna make a mistake you know, at some point, probably more than one. And Mariana is sort of at this point right now where she's making a lot of mistakes and and falling down a lot. But the show does such a good job of of bringing everyone full circle at all times. You know, so everyone's going to make a mistake, but then everyone's going to redeem themselves in one way or another. You know, so it's it all it all comes back around in a sense, and everyone's there for each other um, and plays their part. And everybody's mistakes are always, like, for good reason. Yeah, you know? definitely. And it's always addressed. It's always addressed. We will always address every issue that comes up um, eventually. You know, sometimes they drag out a little more. Sometimes 
it's communication isn't as good. Sometimes people keep things, um, and then other times uh, it explodes, and then and then it you know just dissipates, and that's it, and, and it's taken care of. But I think that's how families kind of act. You know, they they sort of work that way a lot of the times. This cast is so tight. Have you guys ever had like a movie night, like at the end of the episode, <laughs> where everyone had four you know bowls of popcorn and yeah. sitting around? And well, I mean, we've done we've done variations of that. I would say. I mean, we, we we've definitely all hung out as a cast. Um, and actually, it's kind of funny. We all sort of live pretty close to each other. A few of us do, like Jake and Sierra and me. And there's a few other others that that we all live in the general area from each other. So it's very easy to to meet up after work or whatever. We can meet up, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just invite us to watch a movie. But, Jeff, don't you want to tell them about another movie? I sure do. Um, as you guys know, our co-founders and executive producers, Marie Menudos and Kevin Ar- Undergaro, created Adventures of Serial Buddies, a serial buddy comedy. But of course, you know, it's like... In high school, you kill people, you tweet about it, you text your friend, you kill some more, (laughs) and you make a joke about it. Absolutely. What's not to love? So you can go to SerialBuddies.com, you can download it on iTunes. It's funny. It's so funny. I've peed my pants like three times (laughs) in it. And I did not go to change my pants because I was so enamored by the movie. Yeah. It was dark. Nobody saw. And nobody knows that you was three. So go download it today. You support us. We support you. Do us a one-up. Do a one-up. It doesn't get any better than that. Right. <laughs> Speaking of helping out, let's talk about Callie and Jude and their relationship. And the fact that we love Jude, he's the cutest thing ever, but he needs to pass this seventh grade proficiency test. Indeed. Yeah, no, it's um it's a really sad little thing that he has to deal with that he has to go through that um Lena is sort of in charge of and, and then, you know, she she decides to do you know, she makes some decisions and uh I think that's sort of a foster quality coming in to play, um, how this family, you know, once you're in, you are in, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure you're good, just like a family would, and um, this is just an example of, of Lena kind of doing that for Jude. You can't help but feel for a kid that has been to, like, a different school every year, yeah. and just, you see him struggling, and you see him wanting to try so hard, and also, you see him wanting to stay with this family because when Callie and Mariana got into it in their room um, and uh, Lena had to come in and sort of mediate the situation, Jude was like, come on, like, what are you doing? Yeah. We, I like it here. Come on, I like these ladies. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good to me. And but for him coming to the door, right. it was going to be a completely situation. It was going to go down completely different. Callie was about to go... Off. It was like so close. So he is like her, you know, please keep it in line so we can stay here. Don't mess this up for me. Because you're right. He's been so many different places. He doesn't want to go to another place. He's, I think, finally feeling like home. Mm-hmm. Even though they have told them this is not your permanent home, right. but this will be the place you can stay before you go to your permanent place. While they're filming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's starting to feel at home. He has all these older brothers and sisters. And he's like, don't mess this up for me. But I... I I felt for Lena in that decision when she was just going through and and checking all the wrong answers. And how can you blame him? He's been to seven schools. Right. Like, ah, that's... That these issues they bring in are so like giant, but they're so like real for the situation of the show, which is interesting. Yeah, they do a really good job of of keeping it pretty general, pretty zoomed out, but at the same time, you know, specifying uh, certain situations and, and... 
Um, I also like the the amount of topics, the amount of current and relevant topics they bring up. Just full force. They're very blunt with, with what they bring up. And they continue to be, as um, the season goes on, just the things we bring up. We do not beat around the bush. We mm-hmm. say it how it is. And usually... Um, the best topics happen in a really great conversation. There's always such great dialogue. They're really, really good with dialogue. You know, you'll get like a two to three page scene. You know, all about something. And and I'm really excited to see what people think because there's some really, really um, interesting topics that we definitely cover um, coming up. Wow. So well, so far it's been like not forced and not yeah. like stereotypes, which no. is interesting. You, you, I mean, I. I I watched the, like the first two episodes with some friends, and and one of their biggest comments was how after a while you honestly forget that you're watching these yep. two lesbians yeah. raise totally. a family. You kind of just see them as a family, and it makes complete sense. It feels completely normal, and 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 I love that. I love that we've gotten that across already. So you know, off the top, and now we can tell stories because we the audience is already used to um, the aesthetic and the characters and the theme and um, now we can really have some fun and, and develop these characters and I think that's what everyone is really that's what we were excited for you know in terms of acting but now it's really fun to watch it and, and see how people will receive it and what they connect with and, and um, what kind of conversations will come from these episodes I mean as far as the show and also ABC Family I feel like for the first time and I know we've talked about this before but they're sort of giving voices to people that have not had voices on television. Um, somebody with ADD, mm-hmm. kids in the foster system, um, you know, sex is a big topic, drug use. Um, they sort of like hit it all, and we're only on episode three, so I can only imagine where this is gonna go. I mean, can you give us any hints as to maybe a hot button issue that might be brought up? <laughs> I, I, don't, I honestly, I honestly don't know the the amount of of hintage I can. Uh, I can give you guys. I know that it's only going to get more developed. Everyone, everyone goes really has their own journey. Um, you're going to learn more about Callie and her backstory, and and that's a really interesting relationship. You know, Callie and Jude. That's one of my favorite things to watch because you have Jude who kind of represents like the innocence of of both of them for both of them, honestly. Because Callie definitely is more hardened and and uh, wise beyond her years just because she's had she has to be. Um, for his sake. And so, you know, with them in the house now, even if it's temporary or whatever is going to happen there, um, I think Callie always feels the need to put on a few different masks for a few different people. And she becomes more of, of, of just a girl. You get, you get to see the girl. Um, I mean, we see yeah. her pretty girly in the next episode. She's in a pretty dress. Definitely, yeah. That's a very good example. A very good example. Now, I I will say I wanted Brandon to move out only because I thought if he lived with his father, the relationship between he and Callie could just develop that much faster. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's yeah. what I wanted. So what's happening with that? Um, Brandon and, and Mike, his dad, uh, they have a few things to sort out. Um, <laughs> a few? And, yeah, a few things to sort out. Um, and, you know, Mike is still, he still has this mindset of, I need to get back in there. I need to get more more in the picture. I need to be there for Brandon. I've wasted too much time already. So you're going to see more of him making more attempts and possibly becoming more desperate in his attempts. Um 
and more of Brandon not knowing what to do. <laughs> and there's some there's more confrontations there. Um, but you know, overall, it, I think I think Brandon has a really really good heart, and it, it's it's very clear with any decision he makes. He always means well, you know. Um, and he's very selfless, which is fun to play because you know most most characters you sort of ask it's like okay but what do, what do I need in this scene what do I want in this scene with Brandon it's even though it's things he wants it always goes back to, for someone else for someone else's gain and it's such a beautiful thing you know it's such a he's he is a golden boy in the sense that he he's just a nice person but he also has to deal with a lot of hard things a lot of tough situations and he gets cornered, and and he is vulnerable at times, you know. And and that's what I think makes him different from other characters who have maybe had a similar sort of vibe to him is the fact that he is not. He actually isn't perfect. He he he. You know, he just tries his best, I suppose. Now, does Brandon want Talia, or does he want Callie? Because I want him to want. Kelly. Yeah. No, that's too much drama. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know. I think, you know, right off the bat, Talia obviously sort of a red flag went up when, when Callie came in. And I think Brandon really, like, in the pilot, I, I think he, he honestly just wanted to help the girl. He just wanted to help Callie. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there in, besides that. Mm-hmm. Talia was the one sort of seeing, you know, seeing it. And it's like, oh, this, this could turn into something. I could see that. And, and that's just her, you know, I guess... Maybe an insecurity thing. Maybe you know. Maybe she's territorial. Who knows? You know that was sort of. They were set in stone, and it was assumed that they had been dating for quite some time. Um, and so when Callie comes in, I think Brandon. It kind of shakes Brandon's world up, um, and he doesn't even realize it <coughs> until uh, he doesn't even realize it until much later uh, what is actually happening between him and Callie. He he is the most oblivious one, to be honest. I think I think it goes like Talia. Callie, then Brandon, in terms of them identifying, uh, you know, what is going on there. Um, I think he's just intrigued by her. He's intrigued by her. And <laughs> we'll see what happens next there. Well, if any of you watched the preview for next week's episode, we know that he is a little bit more than intrigued by Callie. <laughs> that is true. It's a, tricky, it's a tricky situation. It really is. <laughs> that, that is definitely true. Should we go ahead and do some predictions for next week? And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. So, Jillian, what do you think will happen next week? Hmm. Okay, so as we saw from the preview for next week, um, Mariana now knows that Lexi and Jesus are doing a little something-something. Kissing. high school. Kissing. <laughs> yes, holding high hands. High school. All the videos talk about sex on this show, people. Um, candles. <laughs> <laughs> candles, that's right. Um, so I cannot wait to see sparks fly. We do know that I guess it sort of comes to a head at uh, their, their quinceanera party. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And I'm also really excited to see Callie all dolled up and uh, what happens with her and uh, this guy sitting right next to me. Yeah, interesting. And Jeff? I, um, I think they the previews led enough to know that Mariana like lets some secrets out, probably about her mom. I think she finally like gets it all off her chest. Mm-hmm. You know? I think there just has, comes a point where like you can't let somebody you love so much like cover for you that much. 
Like you gotta protect them and like do them one up. Because if not, that person will hold it over your head forever. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah, it's gonna crack. I think, or what I would, this maybe is a wish list. Maybe I'll make a wish, okay. not a prediction. Okay. Break it down. Number one. My wish is for Callie to pull Talia by the back of her hair <laughs> and, and maybe like throw down some stairs because I want to know who Liam is and she has that little piece of information that she's holding over Callie's head mm-hmm. and it seems to be a juicy bit of information. It's Liam Neeson, right? It is Liam Neeson, <laughs> She's actually. his adopted daughter. She was taken at one point. During high school, he had her. <laughs> yeah. That's what he I thought. He has a very particular set of skills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> David's telling it all here. <laughs> well, Dave, I have to ask you one question before, one additional question before we leave. Okay. You mentioned that you, you play the piano. I do. Do you have a lovely singing tenor voice? Is that also... You know, I, I I started with musical theater. Okay. And as an actor. So, yeah, I mean, there was a point where I was, you know, doing some musical theater, I suppose, and singing and dancing. Would we like to sing on our way out uh, today? Can we make that request here on After Buzz? If, only if all four of us sing together. Oh, that might be a problem. As a choir. <laughs> that might be a problem. Good answer. That's one way to get out of it. <laughs> Dang, I had to try. Sarah just it. got nervous. I, I was like, well, no, that's probably not the best thing to do. We want people to watch again. <laughs> Jillian, do you want to tell everyone about watching? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if you guys went on the new AfterBuzz TV website, but it is brand spanking new, AfterBuzzTV.com. There you can watch us live on uh, the little video player that's in the middle of the screen. Um, also, you can check out all the shows that we have, our hosts, and how to download on iTunes and all of that good stuff. So make sure you check out AfterBuzzTV.com for all the latest and download our show. Watch our show on YouTube. Comment. We want to hear your comments. We'll even maybe read some comments out loud. Totally. Talk about the comments. If you guys have questions for us, let us know. You can tweet me at Jillian Leff or my website, JillianLeff.com, and I will be sure to get back to you guys. Where can we find you, Tara? Well, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at TJ Path to Passion, and I love to talk. That's just what I live for. <laughs> <laughs> and I tweet from Jeff Masters one And David, where can we find you? I'm on Twitter, DG Lambert. And he was tweeting today during the episode. Yeah. Are you going to do that again anytime soon? Yeah, of soon? course I will. It was awesome. It was a really cool experience. Well, it was so cool having you here. If you ever want to come back, you just knock down the door. We'll just swing it wide open well, for thank you. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we love being here with you. We'll be back here again next week. Again, don't miss the next episode of The Fosters. And then make sure you don't miss us for The Fosters After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. Until next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 